took a big chunk off me. Bleeding. It's bleeding. I know it's bleeding. The thing just ripped me ear off. What do you think? Hello again, everyone, and welcome along to the latest Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast. The Easter weekend saw five teams maintaining their winning starts to the season, and we're going to reflect it all right now in the company of our old pal Steve-O, who's been watching it all unfold in Australia, of course. Now then, last weekend, the Easter weekend, it was uh, dubbed the Mossy Masoi Round. And £100,000, Steve-O, has been raised, and that figure is growing. It's a fantastic effort. I think we've got to say well done to our old mates at Sky for pushing it all the way throughout the three days. But £100,000, it's a great total. Certainly is. And I've also got to congratulate the men of league down here in Sydney. Uh, Australians have put their hand in their pocket, and uh, yeah, over one. 100,000 is absolutely fantastic. You'll need every single penny, so don't hesitate. If you have not donated, please do so. Irrespective, it doesn't matter how small the donation is, it will help this man get over the injury. Indeed so. And they're hoping that other sports will come in as well, aren't they, and lend a hand? Yeah, and I think it's nice that, uh, you know, Stuart Pearce, uh, he loves rugby league. Um, he also follows Hull Kingston Rovers, but we can't blame him for that, can we? But the, uh, the Mossy Fund, have <laughs> made him, they've made him an ambassador for the Mossy Fund, and I think that's a wonderful move, and I do hope that not just rugby league fans, but people from soccer, the football fraternity, come on, put your hands in your pocket. This man needs support. Indeed so. I, th- I think we also should mention at this point Kevin Sinfield's challenge for Rob Burrow, the seven marathons in seven days last December. They've announced this week it's raised £2.2 million. So there's been some fantastic fundraising efforts going on in the game, hasn't there? It's amazing the amount of support that rugby league fans, the rugby league fraternity, that they do know how to help when things are going wrong. And... Um, I congratulate them all. You know, I've always said it. It's the greatest game of all, rugby league. There's no other sport can beat it. But I'm a touch bias, Teddy. Uh, but you're right. Uh, they they dig deep whenever uh, there is trouble and they always help people out. Well done. Well done to them. Uh, right, OK. The England uh, train-on squad, Steve-O, has been announced. Sean Wayne is getting his players together finally for a training session in Leeds next week. Um, looking down the list, all the usual suspects really, uh, but Callum Watkins gets the nod, even though Salford are bottom of the table. Another veteran, James Roby, is named. I suppose those two are probably penciled in because of their past deeds. Uh, but leads Harry Newman. He's only 21. He's out at the minute suffering with a broken leg that he got last year, but he too has been named in the squad. That's a nice boost for him. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and it He's got plenty of talent. And, of course, the one that a lot of people will be sort of raising the eyebrows at is Irby Farmer. He's a centre that plays for the Brisbane Broncos. And I can assure you, this guy has got good talent. It's a great selection. And a great name, too. A good old English name, Steve O'Hearn. Northern Farmer. name. There you go. 
Right, let's look at the Easter programme now, shall we? Five, five clubs, five clubs, St Helens, Hull, Wigan, Castleford and Catalan, they all remain unbeaten. Um, I know it's early days, but the league table is beginning to take shape again, isn't it? I think it's inevitable. Uh, I was looking through the, all the teams when they, before they had their first round, and you could virtually say to yourself, well... There's only one real surprise. Uh, I've been I've been a, a little bit sad about Huddersfield. I thought Huddersfield would have uh, knitted in with a new coach, but it's obviously taken taking him a while to get things going. Uh, I said it last week. St Helens, they are odds on to regain the title. I really do feel that they are going to be very very difficult to beat. Well, Jake Bibby has got five tries in two games so far for Wigan. Uh, you wouldn't have put him at the top of the try-scoring charts, even if it's only after two rounds, would you? No, it, it's rather amazing. But uh, it, anything can happen in the in the early days, and I'm I'm pleased to see that someone's making a name for himself. Because if he continues scoring tries, then he'll be dragged into the England train-on squad, and why not? But the one man that I, I, I'm pleased to see back in top form. Tompkins last season was a little bit below par as far as I was concerned, but he has started this new year. He's been in sensational form, and it wouldn't surprise me if he makes it back into the England side yet again. Well, he's named in the squad, so there is a, an obvious possibility there. The, the Catalan Dragons, actually, they don't seem to be suffering from travel sickness this year, do they? Um, as they have so often in the past. Two wins all away from home. And this week, they've, they've got to forego a home tie in the Challenge Cup as well because the game against Wakefield has been chosen by the BBC to be shown from St Helens. And, and Steve McNamara has got no qualms about that whatsoever. Do you know, Eddie, I think sometimes it's a little bit, bit of a mental block. You know, it's so easy to just, oh, well, it's difficult with flying here, there and everywhere. But they are playing outstanding rugby league football. They'll be there in the top four. I have no doubt about that. Uh, other people I think we should mention, um, Liam Farrell, Willie Iser, playing out of position in the centres for Wigan. They did a great job at the weekend, didn't they? Yeah, and uh, I think that you've got to look at people who are adaptable to different positions because that is so important when you come to an important competition called the World Cup. So you've got to have these utility players that are doing it and they're certainly doing it at Wigan. And, uh, you know, Connor at Hull, I mean, he's, he's playing out of his skin. And he's a fullback. Yes. He likes to play fullback. But, you know, you can, you can put this guy in the centres. Uh, he wouldn't let the side down. Do you know, you talk about utility players. Jake Connor revealed after the match that he's only played in the same position a maximum of five games in a row throughout his entire career. He has been utility. He hasn't had a, a, a proper uh, position, but now he's got number one on his back. And he's, as you say, he, he's, he's absolutely uh, blossoming, isn't he? This guy can play anywhere in the three quarters and he will give you 100%. And I'm, I reckon Hull have a, a very good season as well. I think the black and whites are, are getting things right. Um, looking at the, the bottom of the table here, Lee, there was a TV viewers poll, that believe Lee have it in them to survive. But, as I say, Salford at the moment, bottom of the table, which is a surprise. 
I just wonder if matches between Lee and Salford this year could decide who goes down because there are four points available there. Whoever wins those four points, that just might be the key to survival. I think you're spot on, but it's not just the two sides that you're talking about. You've got to throw in Hulkingston Rovers as well. They, they're not firing. So it could be the, the three clubs that play the games against each other that could decide who's going to say bye-bye Super League. It's frightening prospect for talking about relegation just two weeks in, but, but that's the nature of the beast. Can I ask you what you make of this new ball steal rule, Steve-O, where providing one or more of the tacklers releases at the last moment, the man still in possession can steal the ball now. It's a major change, and many of the coaches, they seem to be using it to their advantage. It's a disaster. Referees must be turning in the their beds at night because they've got to make that decision. It's bad enough now trying to decide whether there's only one man in the tackle when he steals a ball. Now you can have to... It, uh, why do they make it so difficult for the referees? Because the coaches, as soon as it's gone against them, they'll be up in arms. They'll be saying they should never have brought this rule in. The referees aren't good enough, etc. and so forth. Why do we keep putting pressure on these poor little fellows who have to blow that whistle time and time again? And I mean, I, I just cannot believe that they want to change things like that. It's impossible for a referee to, 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 to decide that in the spur of the moment. They talk about, oh, it, it, it's so fast, it's 100 miles an hour. Well, these referees are also running around at 100 miles an hour. Give them a break. Don't give them extra work. A lot of coaches, a lot of teams are certainly using this new ball steal rule, though, Steve. The players are dropping off the tackle, holding their arms out, and their mate is nip nicking the ball and being allowed to play on. Is it time where we should just say, you can pinch the ball no matter how many people are in the tackle? Spot on. Simple. Referees won't give a monkeys. It's so difficult to try to get referees in conjunction, working together and saying this and that. And now we've put more pressure on these poor fellows. I feel sorry. You sound like you have... You, you oh, to say, you sound a, like you've got some sympathy oh, for them all of a sudden. I've got, I've got the anky out now. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> I cannot believe it. <laughs> OK, bring us up to date with the hot news just off the press down there. Well, the hot news, uh, half an hour ago, Wayne Bennett has told South Sydney he's lived at the end of the season and is going back to the warm climate of Brisbane. Now, everyone's saying that he's going back to be the mentor for Walters, who hasn't done all that well with the Broncos so far this season. But there's also talk about the Melbourne coach, Craig Bellamy, is supposed to be, at the end of this season, going to be also a mentor. Well, I don't know what Walters feels about this, but if you, if you get the likes of Wayne Bennett and Craig Bellamy as your mentors, I mean, uh, talk about applying the pressure. But he does need help. A lot of people, including myself, thought it was not a good idea to give it to Walters, a hero up in Queensland. Sometimes to be a hero in your, in your own country, in your own state, doesn't offer you the fact that you will become a good coach. But 
looking on the positive side, Walters can pick up a lot of <laughs> a lot from Wayne Bennett and the likes of Craig Bellamy. Well, he can if he stays. As you say, you get two men like Bellamy and Bennett going in as mentors. Where does that leave? Where does that leave Walters? I mean, for goodness' sake, the only I can only see one way, and that's out the door. Um, the, listen, the Queenslanders—they uh, don't like to lose to any team from New South Wales, uh, but it's just got to, got to the point where they don't want Walters to fail because he was a glory boy. He has been a glory boy through his, his playing career, both at State of Origin and all that sort of thing. It is a legend. He's a hero. And they don't want him to to fail. Simple as that. And how can you fail when you've got Bennett well, and Bellamy behind you? Well, it would be difficult. That's true. It would be difficult. At the Parramatta and West Tigers game, right, at the Olympic Stadium, there was over 29,000 people there. What a great game wow. it was. But the Eels came up late in the game, 36-22. It was a good game to watch. But two fans started fighting in the crowd. But this is what makes it interesting, Eddie. Both were Parramatta supporters. Anyway, um, have a guess what happened when it, they had to just stop it. A Tigers fan came in, threw two punches, and that was it. The end of the story. <laughs> it just, <laughs> what were they scrapping? Just, what, were they, just what were they scrapping about? I have no about? idea. I have no idea they were winning. <laughs> now, the former, the, the former NRL star, um, Bronson Shipp, uh, he got a four-year doping ban last week, uh, and he wants to try out and go to the United States of America and try out in the NFL. Now, amazingly, the World Anti-Doping Authority has got no idea or have the power to stop him playing NFL. Such a huge sport wow. in America, and they don't have the anti-doping authority of the world on their side. Crackers. Absolutely crackers. So WADA looks after the rest of the world apart from North America. Is that what you're telling me? Well, no, just on the NFL. And also, the other news is uh, that came in just today is that Israel Falau will not be going back to Catalan and is being backed by the Australian Christian lobby who have launched a campaign. They took out a full page ad in the Sydney Daily Telegraph calling for Falau, let him play. Now, Peter Volandi has made it quite clear, and this is his quote, the Christian lobby are wasting their money and resources because there is no application. In other words, Israel Falau will not be allowed to play in the NRL. So it sounds like the end of the road for him, by the sound of things. Catalan, Eddie, were, they were hoping to get a, that he would sign. Remember St. George, St. George Illawarra put, uh, put in a, a bid for him. And... Uh, the St. George Illawarra fans went absolutely berserk. You can't do that. Simple as that. So they dropped off. They didn't want him. But the Catalans, I know, they were saying, well, if he does sign for an NRL club, we want a transfer fee. But I can't see that happening now because Peter Volandi has just made it quite clear. He's not coming back to the NRL. Interesting. OK, Challenge Cup weekend coming up here. Uh, Wigan at York, Warrington at Swinton. So those two should progress. Saints against Leeds. 
at St. Helens is the pick of the ties. We, we've briefly mentioned uh, Catalan Dragons. They're playing Wakefield. But Featherstone against Hull, Steve-O. That's a, a real standout match. A reminder of the 1983 final and the win for Rovers against Hull. Uh, and don't forget, Featherstone beat Castleford in the Cup at home in 2013. Could be a round of one or two shocks, do you think? I think that's about the only one that could happen. The Challenge Cup usually brings one shock, and that could be it. Well, let's wait and see, and doubtless we will be talking about the Challenge Cup and everything else Rugby League, same time next week. All the best. See you in a week's time. <laughs> <laughs>